This episode is brought to you by eToro, Australia's leading social investing platform with over 30 million users worldwide, allowing you to explore local and global markets, diversify your investments and copy popular investor strategies. You can now invest in ASX and US shares as well as ETFs with 0% commission. AFSL 491139, capital at risk, other fees apply. See PDS and TMD. Hey ladies, it's Molly here, founder of Ladies Finance Club, and I am so excited about our new season. At Ladies Finance Club, our mission is simple, to help make women rich. We believe if you have control over your money, then you have control over your life. Through our events, courses, workshops, and club, we bring you the best experts in Australia to guide you on your wealth-building journey. So come on, join us on the inside, become part of our thriving LFC community, where women are celebrating their money wins every single day, from paying off debt to buying investment properties. Head over to ladiesfinanceclub.com and join our wait list. If you love the podcast, please leave us a review or push that subscribe button. It would mean so much to us. This podcast is recorded on Gadigal land. Now, let's get into it. My next guest is the incredible Dr. Grace Shea. And her journey is a bit of a roller coaster filled with self discovery, triumph, betrayal, love. So, Grace's life seemed pretty picture perfect. She was nailing it in her study. She became a dentist just like her father. But after a while, questions of how did I get here? What am I doing with my life? Started being impossible to ignore. And she was burning out. She was having relationship struggles. And in the midst of her personal crisis, she actually found herself in a psychiatric ward, betrayed by the one who she trusted the most. But she refused to let these challenges define her. She embarked on a journey of self-reflection. And during all the chaos that was the COVID pandemic, she found love, she remarried, um, and uh, has just brought out a book called Mental Wealth, How to Journey from Burnout to Abundance. And so we had this really honest, really raw great conversation. Grace is also actually an incredible property developer. So, you know, we talk about burnout, we talk about property, and we talk about a trip she went on with Sir Richard Branson as well. This was a fascinating conversation. And for anyone who is struggling with burnout, make sure you reach out, you get help. And hopefully this book and this episode will help you as well. Remember, you're never alone. All right. Enjoy this one. Grace, welcome to the Ladies Finance Club podcast. Thanks, Molly, for having me. Now, we um, met at a conference last year and you have such a fascinating story. So I think like, let's take it back from the beginning. And I love hearing all our guests kind of stories about growing up and then what they were taught about money um, to where they are today. So I guess, tell us about Grace growing up. So I grew up in a typical immigrant family. My parents worked really hard. You know, we went to a new country seeking better opportunities. So my way to repay them was actually to study hard and be a high achiever, which I think I did pretty well. I did ducks my high school and uni. Wow. I'm sure you made them proud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were very proud of me. But, you know, later on in life, you realize that that's not everything. But I'm thankful my parents actually instilled a lot of uh, good habits in me about saving money and investing in property quite early. Yeah. So, I mean, 
When did you first invest in property? So I actually bought my first investment in my early 20s straight after graduating when I started working. My parents were very, you know, actually really helpful and they helped me put down a deposit. So mm-hmm. as you know, you don't need the full amount to buy a property. You only need 20%, sometimes less. So I, I started paying my mortgage from quite early on. Nice. And so you went on to study dentistry at mm. university. Yes, Yeah, I've always wanted to do something in the healthcare profession. And since I was young, I was actually exposed to a lot of missionaries who did overseas work. And I found medical doctors and dentists were able to do a lot of great work. Um, And I chose dentistry because everyone's got teeth and uh, I can help everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Most people, yes. And so like you were, you were ducks of the school, you went into dentistry. So you've always been top of what you've done. Mm. I guess, tell me a little bit about the burnout you experienced and how did you work out it was burnout? Yeah. So, um, you'll read in my book that's coming out soon, um, that I actually had a journey from burnout and I didn't first recognize that it was burnout. And that was actually a big issue, which is Mm. my motivation behind writing the book. Um, so I started feeling really frustrated and dissatisfied. And even though I had my own property, I was doing really well at work. I was just really negative and tired all the time and my Mm. relationships suffered. Thankfully, now I'm with married to a better husband, as you've met him. But yeah, at the time, we were actually living like housemates and not spending much time together. And we were growing in very different directions. And it it snowboarded to so bad that he no longer got what I was doing anymore. And he thought I was going crazy and um, locked me up in a psych ward. At one stage, I actually had to call police to my house to actually drive me to one of my talks because, yeah, he was actually stopping me from doing that. So what was the kind of steps coming out of that? So um, thankfully, there were a lot of good health professionals around me. And I actually did end up in the psych ward because as a health professional, when your closest people actually say that there's something wrong with you, the, the Australian health system takes it quite seriously. But thankfully, the nurses and social workers and chaplains recognized that that wasn't the case when they observed me. And I went through a mental health tribunal and a patient advocacy system to actually clear my name. Wow. And is that common in Australia? Does that happen? People are wrongfully put in institutions. Is that a common occurrence? Do you know? I've had patients actually who work in the mental health system. And sometimes there are cases where people maybe don't need to go into an institution, but because of the lack of support or because the people diagnosing might not have the opportunity to spend time investigating why they do what they do. It it may be an initial wrong diagnosis, which is why we have this system where people can actually advocate or go into a tribunal to, to overturn that. So it does happen, but definitely something I'm passionate about to um, advocate for, you know, more preventive and early intervention where Mm. you could just go for counselling or make changes in your life and your relationships without needing to go and waste taxpayers' money in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So before we chat about property Mm. and your really kind of 
all the awesome stuff you're doing in property. Just back to the burnout, mm. I guess, for people who are maybe listening to this and wondering if they have burnout or they, mm. you know, it's very common, I hear it a lot and we've heard it with guests on the show this season that they have suffered burnout. That was kind of like their pivotal moment where they're like, okay, something has to change. You mentioned a couple of the signs, but I guess what what were some of the things you did to like kind of get out of that burnout? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a quite a bit to it, I think, which is why I'm writing a whole book. My book's called yeah. Mental Wealth, How to Journey from Burnout to Abundance. And yeah, so I think that's talking about how when you actually achieve mental wellness, it flows on into your wealth and your relationships and your, your physical health and you become wealthy, like wealthy, not just in the monetary sense, but in that abundance sense. And first of all, seeking uh, professional guidance is always helpful. I will say that first, but also knowing why you do what you do and going through a process to, you know, think about how you can grow yourself, how you can actually create a circle of support around yourself, how you can contribute, have an attitude of gratitude. Those are all things that are quite important. Great. And so you now, you've gone from property investor to property developer. Can you tell me a little bit about your property strategy and how it all started? Yeah. So as I said, I started property quite early and just buying and investing. Uh, but later on, I, I wanted to educate myself more. So I actually went to a lot of property development courses. And um, yeah, so recent years, I've been involved in townhouse projects. Um, it can be as simple as buying van and building a new house, or um, currently I'm building a rooming accommodation. So if trying to help the uh, the crisis we have in Australia. Yeah, uh, the housing crisis. Yeah, yeah, so just make sure that I do have multiple exit strategies and be open-minded and flexible when situations change. But it's also important to have a good team around you and and people that you can ask questions and who you can trust. Yeah. And do you do these projects by yourself or do you do them with business partners, friends, family? Mm. So uh, some of them I do by myself, uh, but definitely building relationships and having having business partners has been very helpful for me. So currently doing it by myself, but I have people that help me manage the day-to-day runnings as well. Yeah, great. Mm. And I guess each project, do you know straight away how much you're probably going to make in each project before you go into it? Have you done all the kind of figures on it beforehand or did someone support you with that? Um, Yeah, definitely the education is important Um, and just doing your due diligence. I think running research on, uh, you know, sale prices and uh, build costs and factoring in different costs beforehand, uh, but things can always change. So having a contingency and it's good to be able to get an estimate and make sure that you're not going to lose money. Um, But yeah, so there's a lot that goes into that due diligence process. Yeah. So for the women listening to this who are like brand new to property investing, they've been thinking about doing it. I guess what learnings have you had from it? My first thing, if someone hasn't ever bought property before is, you know, don't be fearful in entering the property market. Buy, buy a home as soon as you can. When you have a down payment, talk to a broker because it's better to own mortgage than pay for rent, which is basically someone else's mortgage and utilize offset accounts, look into opportunities like first home owners grants and things like that. So I think. Yeah, that would be the first port of call for someone fresh and starting new. Yeah. And someone starting new with the investing side, 
Where do you even begin with working out the numbers? Is it about sitting down with an accountant or is it about just like sitting down with a pen and paper or a spreadsheet? How did like what what would that first kind of step be? Um, I think there's um, you know quite a few professionals you need on your team, not just an accountant, but also your broker, a good broker, property advisor, or buyer's agent if you're starting really fresh and needing someone to sort of handhold you. Mm. Yeah. Do you use buyer's agents or have you got enough education now that you do it yourself? Um, personally, I don't seek buyer's agents, but I definitely put it out there um, when I am looking for a deal. You know, I'm very specific about what I have and what I might be looking for. And sometimes people may bring me opportunities that way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you're working on townhouses at the moment. Is that what you're going to continue doing? Is that just a strategy you like or will you kind of, are you open to new like options? Um, yeah. So I did a townhouse project before with some partners. Um, the current one I'm building is actually a rooming accommodation, which is a five bedroom um, in one, um, one house basically. Um, so that's something that I think is quite good because it's creating five opportunities for people to live mm. and five income streams for myself. So it's mm. something that I may continue. But yeah, as I said, always having different options. Like when you buy a piece of land, you can think of the highest and best use in several ways and, and then adjust to the situation. Yes. And so a couple of years ago, I think it was, you met Richard Branson. How did that all happen? Because that's not, um, that's not kind of everyday stuff. Yeah, I was really blessed. Um, just before COVID, actually, in 2019, um, I went to South Africa with Richard Branson and a group of other small business owners. I was actually invited to the trip by uh, someone I met. Uh, I think I just stay open to opportunities and always um, happy to be vulnerable and tell people my story. And um, I was the right fit at the right time. Uh, but also, I think the trip is not just learning from like the world's greatest entrepreneur, but also um, meeting locals and the other people on the trip were also very inspiring. And that really changed the course of my life. Amazing. Mm. And why do you think it's so important that women have financial independence? Mm. A lot of times I've been in Facebook forums where some women are in abusive relationships and Mm. they actually don't think that they have a way out or they're sort of controlled uh, by their partner. And whilst it's good to have a partner who can support you financially, it's good to actually educate yourself and have the ability to make decisions and to make the call. Just like how I do healthcare, but I also, you know, invest and I do property because having the freedom to choose what you do actually changes the mindset. Like I I am a better healthcare professional because I don't think about money and that doesn't actually play into my decision making when I when I interact with people. So I think that's important in everyday life as well. Nice. And so Mm. can you just give us a quick overview of your book Mm. and where we'll be able to get it? So um, my book, as we said, is um, Mental Wealth, How to Journey from Burnout to Abundance. I'm actually pre-selling it currently. So there is a website, which I think you'll link people to, and um, it's uh, at mentalwealthinstitute.com. And the book is about 
uh, using lessons I learned from my lived experience and practical techniques, not just in my dental work, where I do see a lot of people with mental health challenges of special needs. I've also volunteered in mental hospitals before. And through my own experience seeing professionals, you, mm. even if it's just for mental health tribunal or for monitoring yeah. with the dental board, you actually learn a lot from chatting to people and seeing what questions they ask. So yeah, using these practical techniques to help others who to identify burnout and also mm. to achieve that work-life balance and consider what's important in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when you talk about abundance, how has your relationship with money changed over time? Mm. Yeah, so I think a lot of people think of it as just money, but Mm. I think it's so much more because someone might be very rich, but they might not actually be free to do what they do. So it is actually a big mindset change um, to actually be able to choose the life that you live and like money doesn't buy you happiness, you know, like that saying. Yeah, Yeah, but definitely having financial freedom is a good first step to be able to live comfortably, to think about other things. So, yeah, I talk about like the Maslow hierarchy where sometimes people do have basic needs and we want to actually be able to cater and, and meet those basic needs before you think about contributing and growing as a person as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're Mm. very excited to hear how mental wealth goes. Grace, when is the book coming out and where can we find it? Yep. So my book, Mental Wealth, How to Journey from Burnout to Abundance, is currently in pre-sale stage. So you can find it at thementalwealthinstitute.com. I'm planning to have it released by September. It's currently with the editors. And um, yeah, I hope that I can use the lessons learned from my lived experience as someone who has gone through burnout and practical tips that I've learned, both as a dentist working a lot with patients with mental health challenges and special needs, as well as my volunteer experiences and mental institutes. Also, you know, my lived experience in the psych ward, you know, when you talk to psychologists and psychiatrists and see what questions they ask and they really help you think through why you're doing Mm. what you're doing. That's always helpful to apply to your life, even if you're you're feeling quite well at the time. Um, So, yeah, I hope to help other people identify a burnout early and achieve a life with good balance and improved relationships. Oh, fantastic. Well, we look forward to getting our hands on a copy. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. I am not a financial guru, so please don't mistake my hilarious bants for expert financial advice. The information in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal or financial situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate seek financial advice from a financial advisor. In fact, we encourage it. 